This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. It's Monday. It is May 1st. Hopefully you had a great weekend. I had an action-packed, very busy weekend, but it was a lot of fun. I'll give you some highlights throughout the program. Most important thing I want to tell you right now, especially if you are driving, because I do get a lot of messages of people who say they listen as they work late and are driving home. Very important. Please be careful out there. There is flooding all over the place, all over the New York area, the New Jersey area, all over the tri-state area. It is a mess out there. Basically, I was driving to work a couple hours ago, and I saw animals pairing up two at a time to board an ark. I mean, it is bad out there, and you got to watch out for these puddles on the road. I saw quite a few vehicles hydroplaning, and I would encourage you, and I know you hear this all the time, and maybe it sounds silly, I would encourage you, in all seriousness, please drive slowly. A lot of these these flooded areas, these puddles, are not exactly visible at night. So a lot of people are speeding through these puddles, not knowing there's a puddle there. And they're soaking the car next to them and hindering that car's visibility, but also potentially leading to a hydroplaning situation for themselves. So that's today's public service advisory. Please just be careful. I'm sorry I wasn't able to make Friday's uh, Ferry Hawks game. We had plans to be at the Jersey Shore, but I'm definitely looking forward to getting to a few games this season, and I hope you will as well. Uh, so if you go to wabcradio.com slash ferryhawks, you'll see all sorts of information related to the Ferryhawks. It's a great organization, and it looks like we actually have a great team this year under the leadership of former World Series champion Homer Bush. So far, everyone that I've spoke to who was there, not just the people that work here, but fans and other friends of mine that were there, said it was a great time Friday night, even though it was uh, on and off rain showers, and the team looks great. So we would love to see this team be supported by the New York area, and it's a much more affordable entertainment option than going to a Met game or a Yankee game. So please check it out. Drive carefully. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Thanks for listening. One of the more absurd aspects of this budget deal that Albany just cooked up is that gas stoves will soon become toast in New York under this agreement between Governor Kathy Hochul and the legislature that would make New York, essentially the first state in the entire country to ban natural gas. The pending budget deal mandates all new buildings under seven stories must be fully electric 
by 2026 with larger structures following three years later. So Hochul is hailing this plan as a way to fight climate change. Average New Yorkers are not at all happy about this. My wife, who does most of the cooking in our house, she is apoplectic that New York may soon be a state where you can't get a new gas stove. And I have to say, I'm all for fighting climate change and protecting the environment. But this idea of not being able to buy a new gas stove in the future or having them regulated out of cost effectiveness is more than just annoying. And I suspect that we'll find that someone in the electric industry has a vested financial interest and they've been very, very generous to a lot of Albany lawmakers. So if researchers found with some degree of certainty that my gas stove was harmful to me or to my children, I would really like to know yet the findings that have be, that have come out so far have been so skewed by special interests and shoddy reporting that simply getting a reliable answer is really hard now to date there has not been an accurate picture showing the harm in terms of climate change or to people's respiratory systems and yet we are now banning gas stoves essentially through attrition when there's no science whatsoever to show that these stoves are harmful to children or that they do lead to an uptick in asthma. And I think the jury is very much still out in the role that they're playing when it comes to climate change. Big mistake by Governor Hochul here. And I suspect, as I said, that we're going to find out that one of her big donors is going to be a big winner in this whole thing. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One of the things in Governor Kathy Hochul's budget that I was very supportive of was she was trying to lift the cap on charter schools in New York City. Currently, there is a state-administered cap on the number of charter schools you can have in New York City. And there was also a plan to reissue, I think, about 22 what they call zombie charter schools. Well, now the governor and the legislature have reached a tentative budget deal to allow just 14 new charter schools to open in New York City. And under the deal, the state would pick up the millions of dollars in rental costs for charters that lease space in a private facility, which does provide a little bit of relief to Mayor Eric Adams and the city taxpayers that have been saddled with the massive costs of housing migrants. None of the 14 new charters can be located in a city school district where at least 55% of students are already enrolled in charter schools. Now, this is absurd. Harlem School District 5 would be the only part of the city that would be impacted. Now, think about that. You have a lot of parents in Harlem, almost all of them minority, that want to get their children out of a failing public school system and they want the option of sending them to a charter school so that they can have a better opportunity to learn and do better and get into a good college and have a great career. And yet they're specifically prohibited from doing that because the UFT has so much influence with the state legislature and with the governor. So Hochul initially proposed allowing roughly 100 more charters and it looks like we're going to see 14. This is... Horrible. This is Albany politics at its worst. A deal of only 14 charters that discriminates against families in certain neighborhoods is a travesty for poor children and for families of 
color. And Eva Moskowitz, who leads a large charter school network, the Success Academy, she said the victims of this educational neglect are low-income black and brown children, and Albany has bargained away their access to high-quality schools. She's exactly right. And uh, you see the Albany sausage making, and it just looks worse and worse every single time. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. The MTA has had one of the most helpful, most informative Twitter feeds out of any government agency that I've encountered. And on Thursday, they announced that they would no longer post real-time service updates on their Twitter feed, like NYCT Subway and NYCT Bus, effective immediately. This sudden departure left some of its million-plus followers, I was one of them, disappointed and in the dark. Now, I didn't need to take a bus over the last couple of days, but still, I am not not looking forward to what this means in the future. Under owner Elon Musk, Twitter had started to charge for access to its application program interface or API, which is a must-have for the MTA to operate its live updates. The API link would cost the MTA $50,000 a month under the new pricing structure. Now, I don't blame the MTA for not wanting to pay that. It's a lot of money, and ultimately that's just going to lead to more costs for strap hang. So amidst the turmoil of Musk's takeover, you're going to see a lot of government entities leaving Twitter or the site becoming inoperative, leaving customers with one less source of up-to-the-minute information. And that is a real shame. Now, on Friday, the MTA officials downplayed the loss of uh, Twitter service alerts. The agency noted that only about 15% of its customer interactions occurred via Twitter and that there are other redundant tools, including the MyMTA app, the website, text alerts, all sorts of other things. It was such a great Twitter feed, though. You could tweet at it, and they would get back to you right away with questions. They would direct message you. It was incredibly helpful as somebody that frequently takes mass transit. I hope that the MTA is able to work something out with Elon Musk here. Maybe he won't charge them $50,000 a month. Maybe they can negotiate a little bit behind the scenes, and they could pay $5,000 a month. It would certainly be worth it to the MTA and to all those bus riders and strap hangers that rely on these Twitter alerts because this is a real shame beam me up to be continued